you're listening to The Tech Box. Welcome, everybody, to episode 73 of The Tech Box. I'm James Honeyball, and with me, as always, is uh, Dave Rich. Hi, David. Hi, James, as always. I yes. Know. Is it once this year, twice this year? It's as always. As always, with me for this year's episode, Dave Rich. How you doing? We save it all up, don't we? You know what they say, you, you can't peak too, uh, too early. Exactly, save the, yeah, yeah. Save the best to last. I can't think of any more. Keep them waiting. Keep them wanting more. Treat them mean, keep them keen. Treat them, well, we certainly treat them mean. I don't know about treating, uh, getting them keen. It's uh, a slowly, slowly catchy monkey. I can't really think of any others that apply. I'm just... I'm sure they all apply. They do. They do. How are you anyway, James? I'm all right, yeah. I'm pretty... Well, we'll get to how I am uh, physically later, but um, generally speaking, mentally, I'm okay, I think. Hmm. You, you you sound on form, so uh, I'll give you that. I'll definitely give you that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, so we have an urgent follow-up from the last podcast where uh, the story took us as far as your MacBook Air being taken in for repair for some grievous beer harm that was done to the uh, keyboard. And uh, I think at that point you were losing faith because it hadn't uh, moved from its the store that you'd taken it back to. Yeah. So should we pick up the story there? I mean, I'm sure everyone's keen to hear how this turned out. Yeah, it's very similar to uh, Kev, actually. I noticed with this with Kev's uh, AirPods Max, is it? Where it suddenly, it just disappeared. It, it, that was it. It disappeared into the wilderness, never to be heard again. He sort of mentioned it to Apple on the phone, and suddenly they reappear. Similar thing to myself. I sort of contacted them and said, I'm getting a bit concerned now. You know, a repair takes as long as it takes. I understand that. However, it would just be nice to know if it's actually moved, etc., etc. Um, they tried contacting the store. They couldn't. They left it with me. Well, within, I think it was about 24 hours. Obviously, it, it feels like yesterday, obviously. Um, within 24 hours, I had received the email telling me that, uh, yeah, they had in fact received it. Um, I, it was on its way back. Um, th- there'd be a letter detailing the repairs. Um, so it, it did, it arrived pretty fast after that, really. I think we're probably talking like two or three days after, after I moaned about it with you. It was probably back in my possession. And it did come back. I opened it up. Um, and the note inside of it says, yeah, happy with that liquid spill. So what what they replace, and, and this baffles me over how they used to previously do it, but uh, the trackpad, liquid spill indicator, tripped. So new trackpad and new top case. So liquid spill indicator on the top case tripped. That suggests that they separate out the uh, mouse pad and the rest of the top case then, doesn't it? It does. And I remember on the old ones, you think, brilliant, I'm going to get a new top case on my MacBook Pro, and that means new battery. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I know that you said that, but I don't know about that, but it would make sense. So back when I've had this done previously, and I have had new top cases, I could verify it. Coconut battery, um, Apple system report, the battery gives you its serial number, etc. How many charge cycles, things like that. So that's the first place I'll check. Let's check to see, did I get a new battery? You know, a bonus if I got a new battery. Um, And no, no, um, I hadn't. It it used to be glued in with the MacBook Pros, didn't it? Like literally welded to the top case. I think 
looking at the design of the new ones, certainly they've got pull tabs in them um, on some of the teardowns I've seen, but they haven't just replaced the top case with the battery, which is what I assumed. Like like I said, I've had top cases done before. You get a new keyboard because that butterfly keyboard won't come out of the um, trackpad. You get a new, sorry, top case, you get a new uh, trackpad and you get uh, a new battery. It's sort of like a, they just change it out. Basically, just put your logic board in that case. Um, so no, they didn't do any of that. Same logic board, same... Uh, I'm hoping it's a different keyboard. I would assume it's a different keyboard. Oh, it would have to be, wouldn't it? Well, you you would think, but again, it just said top case. Um, yeah, new top case, new trackpad, same battery, same logic board, same screen. Um, a nice cost of £239, which ah, I felt a bit sick of it, really, because £239 for those parts... Uh, I don't know. I, I subsequently, I went back to Apple a couple of weeks after the repair, but a genius appointment had popped in. I was near there anyway, so it wasn't any time lost. I said to them, look, okay, I'm, 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 I'm happy with the repair. Yeah, I've not had any issues whatsoever. And I get, I understand I've still got three years of Apple care. Um, I'm assuming if anything fails with liquid and I haven't tipped liquid in that it would be associated to that repair. Um, not being carried out properly, but for a bit of peace of mind, c- can you pop off the bottom, just have a look at the logic board? I mean, for me, I find it very difficult to believe that I covered the keyboard, the trackpad, etc., and it didn't even touch that logic board. I said, if they're just going off liquid indicators and they open it up, because it's not Apple, is it? It's that third-party repair company. If they open it up, okay, yeah, that one's gone, That tri- that's tripped, that's tripped. Is there a chance that the sticker on the logic board is, in fact, not tripped, However, there might be something on the logic board. So can you just give it a once-over and have yeah, a look? Yeah, yeah. Um, so she gave it the once-over. She had a look. She came back. She, you know, she, she was quite nice. Whether she actually did this or and I opened it up and humoured me, I don't know. I've not opened it up myself because I've got no desire to do so. Um, once upon a time, I probably would. But she said, no, it looks absolutely fine. She said, on the newer ones, there's quite a metal plate between the top case and the logic board. So it's very unlikely that anything got between the two. Mm. Um, she said the way they're built, it certainly is, especially as there's no fans or anything in this MacBook Air. Um, she said it's pretty, It's the, the newer ones are a lot, you know, the, the design of the keyboard, certainly it's a lot more of a sealed thing. It's interesting, isn't it? I still think that um, laptop keyboards should be waterproof. You should be able to spill... Uh, a pint of beer on them and then you should just be able to rinse them through either by taking them off or literally just having the confidence to know that you can sort of uh you know rinse the keyboard through and i know that uh, the battery's got to go somewhere and you kind of want to we've we've sort of moved past the point of having removable batteries but it just seems to me that it's such a single point of failure that keyboard and getting anything sticky in it well the ibm thinkpads they do the lenovo they do have those channels for water mm um so i mean there are some laptops out there it's just apple chooses not to i mean i'm I'm taking it on face value that everything's fine everything works fine i mean realistically i don't know what's wrong with me i'm a bit of a tech nerd and i've got no dramas popping off the back i just sort of think it's under warranty why am i doing it mm. do you know what i mean um maybe i should just pop the back off and just have a quick look at that logic board and say to myself yeah you know what that looks perfectly fine i don't think I, i'm gonna lose anything Maybe that's something I do before my three years warranty is up. But the chances are, if it's working in two years and I've still got a year left on the Apple Care, then everything will be fine. I mean, part of me probably hoped, you know, doused it in beer, 
pay £240, they're going to give me a new one that's total peace of mind. But I guess that's not the new where new Apple world, is it? The new Apple world is they, they replace and repair where possible. Whereas previously, you remember, if we had that iPhone 5 and you sort of said you had a dodgy headphone port and they couldn't replicate it, they just gave you a new one. Now, um, I guess it's purely down to the size of the company and the scale of everything. They're trying to repair as much as they can and... Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like I said, it works perfectly fine. No dramas whatsoever. Uh, it, you know, it seems bulletproof. Um, yeah. I mean, I think the only thing coming away from this is just that is the cost. Because mm. if I got charged too much more than that to replace uh, just, uh, you know, physical things. So logic board's okay. The only thing they're replacing is the mouse pad, uh, the top uh, deck, and yeah, it's not even you're not even getting the battery now. You the, know, the, yeah, you, so I mean, the ba- batteries are what 129 pounds to replace with yeah. Apple. So yeah, you used to get that for free, didn't if you? If it was too much more than 300 quid to do that, just in parts, I'd be uh, annoyed. And it might well be, but it's not much more, I don't think. And that just brings us back to that first discussion we had, where it's just like the cost of Apple Care Plus. Is it the plus on this? Uh, Mac yeah, Apple? it's the plus. Yeah, it's just too much. Yeah, it, it is. And I've done the same on the iPhone again. You know, when I got the 13 Pro Max, I paid for the Apple Care Plus up front for the two years. Uh, as, uh, did I do that? I don't know why I do it. I mean, the excesses on those are a bit more realistic for the iPhones. It's mainly for the screen, I guess, on the iPhone, isn't it? And that's what I always thought it would be on the uh, on the MacBook Pro. I always looked at it, it's like £80 and you get a new screen. And I'm thinking, well, that, if you're going to break anything on a laptop, that's what you're going to break. Are you, though? Because it's normally in clamshell and you've got a big aluminium barrier between uh, the outside world and the screen. Well, I never, ever, for the life of me, read the bit where it said it's £240 for yeah, anything else. Yeah, yeah. That is just, it is ridiculously steep. Yeah. It is, it, it, you know, it's crazy. It's crazy money. I mean, I, I'm still bitter about it. Would I buy Apple Care Plus again? I think if I'm always going to buy it, it depends on the cost of the product, I think. I think if it's over a certain threshold, I probably will. I think if it's under, certainly looking back on this MacBook Air for the c- cost of it, I, you know, versus the cost of the Apple Care, I don't think I would. I think if I'm looking at like a MacBook Pro at two and a half grand, I think I might still do it. Mm. Um I don't know. I'm, I'm probably take the John Lewis option or wherever if I could. I think. Yeah, or any or any third party cover. I think is fine. So you mentioned there um, an expensive MacBook Pro. Since we've uh, the last had the last episode, uh, obviously the new MacBook Pros have been released, and uh, they do look mightily tasty. Hmm. Um, what's your thoughts on them? So every part of my being wants one. Mm. Uh, I, I've been, I've looked at them in John Lewis and stuff and, you know, it, it's nice to look at, the screen's nice, everything's nice, but it's a lot of money and yeah. I, I'm not even utilising this to its full ability. You know, yeah. I use it a few hours a day and even then I'm not pushing it, I'm just using it for the internet. Yeah. So why go and spend the best part of £2,000 on something just because it's the latest? And yeah. I keep telling myself I want to try and get into this rhythm. I know I'm not doing very well of it and I always keep going, but I want to get into a rhythm where I'm keeping things for longer and I'm just replacing them as I need to rather than because I want to. And I think I might be doing it with this. Um, Like I said, I do really want it. It's really nice technology, really nice product. Everything about it is excellent. However, I think it serves a different market to what I currently fall in. 
maybe the future album might be in a different segment segment of that but certainly for what i've got is perfectly fine for now ask me this question james when they release that macbook air next year in those colors yeah exactly what i was going to say basically so these macbook pros are, are look like awesome machines and i always said to myself when they do release the new 14 inch macbook pro that i'll go for it but i just think about how much i use my 12 inch macbook and it's mm. hardly at all. I just always, if I'm going to use a laptop in inverted commas, in air quotes, I just always grab my iPad Pro with the little um, cloth keyboard thing. Yeah. I, that's just the first thing I grab. It's so fast. You know, I don't even know when I'm going to need to replace that because even now, just sort of scrolling around web pages and going on Facebook and Twitter and all that kind of stuff, all the sort of stuff that you would do on your laptop of any description, it's just so perfect for, do you know what I mean? And you think... For, for, if I need more than that, then I would use my MacBook 12 inch, and I just never use that MacBook 12 inch. I'm glad I have it, mm. and I want it by my side just in case I do use it, but I inevitably never do. So I'm just thinking, I'm actually thinking the same as you. I'm thinking, well, look, let the. Also, the other thing is the difference between the M1 Pro performance for single core and the M1 normal on single core is not very much. I don't know no. if you've been looking through the... the uh, yeah, page. yeah, I've seen... So I oh, think yeah. for like 99% of what I'll be doing, actually an M1 is a better chip because you haven't got the overhead of all those graphics cores and all of that, all the rest of the silicon that's bigger and hotter uh, and has to be actively cooled. Do you know what I mean? You're not taking advantage of any of that. So actually having the MX or M1, M2 cord laptop might actually be the way to go. Uh, we think of ourselves as pro because we're enthusiastic enthusiastic users, but I, I'm not a pro. As much as I try and convince myself, and I've always bought the best of what I, I can get, blah, 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 I'm not a pro. I'm really, really not. Everything I do, any a lot of my computing is done on the iPhone 13 Pro Max. Yeah. I, I'll always reach for that first. In, a, in convenience, I will, you know, that is dialed into everything. You know, there's nothing I can d- not do. And that iPhone, that wouldn't be probably a little bit more trickier to open a MacBook, get it out, do this, do that. It that is everything to me. That that phone, that is my mm. computing life, and it, it's becoming more and more that. I've tried an iPad Mini, uh, the new generation. I don't know whether we spoke about that, but I've, you know, since the last show, I've I've tried that. I've tried multiple iPads. There is nothing more convenient than picking up that phone. Yeah. And using it, and I'll always go phone first. And once upon a time, I think I'd have been computer first, but I'm I'm, I'm phone first now. Um, it's it's such a good device. So um, so MacBook Air two or MacBook Air M two is that what we're mm. going to call it, or the MacBook Air twenty twenty two? So that comes out in a nice set of pastel colours. Let's assume they're essentially identical to the uh, colour colourways that that they've put the twenty uh, four inch uh, iMac out in. The, the new M1 iMac. Uh, it has a white keyboard and probably a white notch. Are you going for it? So I'm a unique breed of person, James. I, there, there would be absolutely no need for me to go to that. Again, it's like... Um, It'd they're be becoming nice more upgrade though, wouldn't it? Well, they're becoming more like phones, aren't they? I don't need the power because it's an iteration of the M1. The M2 is not going to set my world on fire. It's not going to open up new possibilities for me. Um, it, it, they're, they're, you know, now that it's a single chip and it's, it's more like a phone, it's just a large utility device. However, I like 
Um, I like the old iMac G3s, you know, the, the different colours, the five colours that they used to have and the see-through ones. And I'm a bit of a Mac nerd, a Mac collector. I, w- I would get one, not because I need one, but because I see 20 years down the line <laughs> having this nice, unique colour. I'd probably go for a very uh, one that doesn't appeal to many people just because there won't be that many of it in circulation. And I'll probably get one and go, yeah, do you know what? Just for the sheer fact that in 15 years' time, I can turn around and go, wow, yeah, I've got one of those, you know, trend-setting MacBook Airs where they had all the nice colours and stuff. Just how I've got downstairs in the cupboard Mm. one of those uh, iMac G3 DV specials in nice graphite see-through colour that I look at and go, yeah, I've got one of them. They're they're great. Um, So I don't think I'd do it for the specs alone. And I don't think we're going to see... Uh, I don't think we're going to see massive jumps. I think we're just going to see like iPhone mm, iterations yeah. where you're going to do it every two or three years because you're going to get a bit better support, a bit more longevity in the future. The chip might do the latest craze a little bit better. So AR might be a bit smoother. It might not get as hot. It might be becoming a bit more difficult on the early ones because they've added different engines into the chip or codecs or whatever that that new latest M series processor enables. Uh, that's probably why I'd do it. And the colour. Do you know what's been interesting though with this new reveal of the um uh, what do we call it the m1 pro and the m1 max and Mm. that is i think this now tells us how apple are going to do all the rest of their machines and i think that they're going to go with this shared memory architecture for all the rest of their machines now because you know we were speculating uh, a few podcasts ago about uh, how they were going to do the mac pro because that was all about upgradable memory upgradable storage upgrade via the pci slots etc etc i honestly think i can see them not doing a mac pro in this architecture i think that the way that they're doing uh these new chips is they're doing the integrated graphics so that the integrated graphics are as good as discrete graphics so if you notice what they've done with the uh, m1 max and the m1 pro Am I getting those right? Yeah. Um, They're basically maxing out the graphics cores. Mm. And what that means is as soon as they start putting multiple of these chips together, which is what they're rumoured to be doing for uh, the sort of upper layer of machines, so the big iMacs and maybe a a Mac Pro Mini, um, they're going to start putting these um, M1 Pro and M1 Max or M2 Pro, M2 Max, together so there'll be two or four of them or more together on the same sort of package with shared memory but also by adding all of these uh sort of graphics cores you're gonna get hundreds of these graphics cores all sort of um combined and that's how they're going to achieve the same amount of sort of graphics horsepower as having like an external nvidia or amd card it's quite fascinating but it does mean that they're going to kind of go back to sort of cutting out people who want to just sort of stuff loads of pci cards in their top-end mac workstations it's it's going back to that whole sealed box dream of steve jobs isn't it so think about it right you why do you put an nvidia card in why do you want an amd because in the windows world it's maximum compatibility with all the different software by multiple manufacturers uh you know games provide all that sort of stuff the the Apple have that unique ability to say, okay, yeah, we we want to push as much horsepower as an NVIDIA chip, 
However, it doesn't need to be an NVIDIA chip because yeah. it doesn't have to be compatible with anything. Yeah. We'll just we'll just write our final cut to take to use the, the horsepower. We'll just write you know the applications on the Mac platform yeah. to utilize those. It doesn't have to be NVIDIA. It can be as powerful as, but it doesn't have to be NVIDIA because it doesn't have to have their compatibility. Yeah, it literally is. Yeah, it's as powerful. However, it's it we just utilize that power for our bespoke applications yeah. because we're writing the software for it. It's that sealed box approach. You buy what you need when you get it, and that's what you do. If you come to a point where you need more, you, you invest in your tools a bit more. Yeah. And do you remember with the uh, Cylinder Mac Pros, Yeah, they sold the expansion using Thunderbolt 2 ports. So what they were saying at that point was, <clears throat> if you want to uh, add any peripheral to this, you don't have to put a PCI card in. You just plug it in into the Thunderbolt. Uh, plugs in the back and that's i think the route that they'll go so we'll have like uh, a mac pro that won't have loads of pci slots in won't have loads of upgradable memory and ram and all the rest of it and it'll have loads of uh, uh, thunderbolt 4 ports on the back and you'll just uh, or usb 4 uh, on the back and you'll just sort of uh, plug some uh, expansion capability into those but what do you need expansion capability for if you're not running in a Windows world? Uh, There's no boot camp on any of this. So so what, what what do you need it for? Maybe some direct attached storage if you wanted like several terabytes of direct attached storage for video editing or something. Yeah, yeah, granted. And but they've got rid of all the external graphics options, haven't they? You you sort of you make your choice at that point yeah. and say, Okay, yeah. in the next two or three years yeah. or two years or however long these companies project their IT built budget for and they say okay in the next year two years this is going to pay for itself because this is the sort of work that it's going to do if it gets to a point where they review the hardware and it no longer and it, it, obviously it's paid for itself within months um, and they say okay so now we're tackling projects or we're going down a line of work that this doesn't cut it what's available okay well, well we'll outlay for that and it'll pay for itself in that amount of time there's, there's probably no need to keep plugging in PCI cards because it, it uh, again the pro ones certainly uh, we're, we're thinking pros in someone like oh yeah well i just want to have a play <laughs> these guys you know on movie sets and stuff it's paid for itself hasn't it in instantly at time you know they pass the cost on to the customer so we're going to buy that job well it'll do for six or seven months worth of production say job's done well, you know, we need more power. We'll buy another unit that's more capable. Yeah. And hopefully Apple can meet that timeline by the next time they roll out more powerful. The other yeah. thing that they could do, you know, with the Mac Mini, the last Intel Mac Mini. Yeah. The, what their official line, I believe, is the RAM is upgradable, but we want you to bring it back to Apple and we will upgrade it for you. Yeah. And of course, there's loads of um, tutorials on YouTube about how you can do it yourself but the official line is you take it back to Apple they upgrade the RAM and they give it back to you yeah yeah I, I think that was just thrown out really quickly wasn't it you know what's what's the quickest way we can do it we do, in an ideal world they wouldn't have put that that's not user upgradable they wouldn't have put it on there in an ideal world well I just think that you could do the same with the upcoming Mac Pro and say yeah okay you've bought it with uh, 64 gigabytes of RAM you want to go to 128 gigabytes of RAM bring it in I don't think they will. Well, I'd, what I'd be, they could because do, it, because what they'll do is they'll take the they could take the logic board out, which contains everything, and just put a new logic board in that's the upgraded one, and put the one that they've taken out into a refurb or break it down or recycle it or whatever. But if we're looking at if we're looking at it in terms of the M M chip, it's part of the package. No, isn't exactly, it? You, exactly. So you wouldn't be able to actually upgrade it, but if you if you're going to take it back to Apple to do the upgrade anyway, 
Well, they can just literally almost swap the entire PC out or the entire machine out itself, you know, or maybe they have it on a some sort of logic board which you can easily swap in and out. Um, they did they did that back in the day. Do you remember, like, uh, you used to be able to take your old Apple Mac and sort of get it converted into, you know, you had a, your Mac 128K, you took it into your local dealer and they would um, upgrade the logic board to the 512K version, even swap over your case stickers for you. Jobs are good and... Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, potentially. I, 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 I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I, I really think it is. The next uh, thing that we're looking for is what chip they put into the big iMacs, because uh, they're obviously still Intel at the moment. So what chips are they going to put into the big iMacs, and what are they going to do in the pro space? Big iMacs, okay, they'll chuck you know two or four of these uh, M1 Maxes in there. But Do you think we'll see an iMac Pro? Uh, quite possibly, yeah, quite possibly. So my thinking is, why do we need an iMac Pro? So the iMac Pro, the 2017 version that exists as it is now, or did exist, was there because they weren't going to make that Mac Pro. Um, so they had the iMac, then the iMac Pro, and then they said, okay, well, we relent and we're going to make you that Mac Pro. Yeah. So that, that iMac Pro never got updated with anything. So are, do we think that they're going to make that iMac Pro? Because that is just your bigger desktop for your home user. Exactly. But I almost think now they're back to where they were with the cylinder, i.e. they're not going to be making a Mac Pro, which is the same as the current Mac Pro. But that remains to be seen. Mm. So that's just my prediction and predictions can be wrong but i'd be very surprised if they bought out an arm-based mac pro with loads of um upgradable storage and ram and pci slots because the whole advantage of this current arm architecture is the kind of on package memory do you know what i mean and if you if you divorce that away from the package and you start putting the memory separately then you've lost your advantage of it being ARM in the first place. You know what I mean? So uh, this is going to be very interesting to see. what It's always was going to be very interesting what they do there. I'm starting to move towards they're just going to put bigger and bigger sets of ARM chips into a box. And that box is very unlikely to have any upgradability and very unlikely to have any PCI expansion. Because you can do, yeah. you can do kind of 90% of what you want to do for expansion over uh, USB 4 or Thunderbolt 4. So... Ultimately, I think if you need something that an Nvidia card provides, you're going to buy a Windows machine. I don't think. I think. I don't think Apple. I think Apple are quite content that create creators or creatives. You know, it's a very specific audience. Those that use Logic Pro, those that use Final Cut Pro. Um, I, I there's there's other utilities I understand, but outside of that. Why would you choose an Nvidia card over anything else? I don't, I don't, I don't know enough. I don't think. I'm just guessing. I don't know. I have no idea. So, on to another subject completely. So, I, I sort of hinted at, at the beginning of the call that uh, mentally I was okay. Uh, I think, um, but physically I did have a little bit of a wobble as I got coronavirus uh, mm. exactly ten days ago. And I thought it was quite interesting to look at some of the technology involved uh, before, during and after. So um, I can't pinpoint exactly where I caught it, but it could have been anywhere because I was um, I'd gone out in the evening a couple of times, you know, in that week. And I was probably a little bit run down as well. So it could have been at any any point in time. And 
I don't know about you, but I do quite often take these plastic lateral flow tests. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I took I took one today because at work we uh, we got a one guy who's currently waiting out on a PCR test because he's symptomatic, and we got another guy that's confirmed as having COVID. So everyone just takes one as a precaution. So you you tell me your story first, and I'll, I'll tell you my thoughts on the whole LFT thing, because I'm not 100% convinced by them. So I'm now obviously completely, totally and utterly convinced by them. So (laughs) I have got through a few boxes worth, I don't know, probably four or five boxes, I guess, of these LFTs since they started handing them out free. And I'll do them periodically if I was meeting up with people or um, I didn't, I felt a bit strange you know i'd uh, do one just to, yeah. just in case to convince myself it wasn't uh, coronavirus that was causing it and uh, i woke up on uh, last friday morning had a slight scratchiness to my throat and i thought okay that's a bit odd and according to my general process i thought well okay i'll, t- I'll do an lft because it could be uh, something more than just a cold um so I kind of sort of what I what I'd got into the habit of doing is I'll get up and I'll sort of go to the uh, bathroom, swab my throat and nose, put it in the mixture, put it onto the uh, little uh, plastic tray, then go for a shower, then come back and look at the result. Do you squeeze the uh, what are we calling it the what what's the thing that you dab the back the swab? Do you do you push that against the side of the tube? On, you know, oh to yeah, sort of ring, yeah, like yeah, you're yeah. wringing it yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. So my technique now is quite refined. It's quite refined. It's quite comprehensive. <laughs> so I so they've I've recently um, got I, I was just finishing off a box of the throat and nose packs, whereas they've now moved to the just the nose pack. I don't know if. You, detected that change of supplier i'm i'm still on throat and nose unfortunately so so i'm very very much gagging yeah yeah yeah, absolutely but i i literally put it right to the back of my throat give it a good few twists on either side to really sort of coat it and then i put up the nose now not too far up the nose because i i did uh learn this from when i went uh to get a holiday uh lft the woman was just sort of very up the sort of halfway up my nose sort of twiddling it about and i sort of said to her look don't worry you can shove it right in if you want and she said no 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 this is uh you shouldn't do that that's bad and this this middle bit of your nose is where the virus hangs out so i've kind of perfected the location in the nose uh, and then once i've done it uh in both nostrils i'll then put it into the little uh liquid and i'll froth it around uh you know maybe 20 times and then I'll apply a bit of pressure to really sort of squeeze any uh, virus juice out of the actual brushes of the swab. Uh, and then I'll clamp it closed as I pull the uh, swab out. So, so can I just stop one, one, while we're just at this juncture? Yeah. So I, I've I've had so many colds over this last year and I've been in some whole stays and I've done LFTs galore. And obviously they're, they're negative. Is there a possibility, do you think, that if you did an LFT but you did it incorrectly, let's say you didn't quite catch the correct part of your throat or you went too far up your nose, is there room for error with these LFTs that because you haven't correctly touched the right bit of your body, uh. you've missed you've missed it? Or is it like an on or off or, you know, very binary? You If you're going to, if you're going to get it, you're going to, you're going to touch it wherever it is. That is a really fascinating question. And what I should have done, which I didn't do. 
He's tried various ones to see what activated it. Well, just when I was at the peak of my infection, I should have tried to do a few sort of really slapdash tests. Yes. And seen what yeah. it came up with. That's yeah. annoying that I didn't think of doing that because I'm so good at the tests now that obviously they all came back perfectly. Yeah, but don't you stay, won't you trip an LFT now for a period of time? Well, I did. I don't currently. So I'll, I'll, um, I'll start at the beginning. Well, continue at the continue at the beginning. So on that Friday morning, um, obviously had the shower, came back, and I detected the very slightest line. Right, so I've never seen that before. For all the dozens of LFTs that I've done, straight myself. to negative. Uh, no, because you have you need have the control line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Effectively, your control line is, is your negative line, isn't it? Because nothing else is going to come. Yeah. Positive. So the, the test line was yeah. there was a faint line there, and it was very faint. But it was there. And I thought to myself, well, this is, this is bad news. I've got a scratchy throat. That line's come in. I better book the PCR test. Did you not do another LFT at that point to verify? No. That was enough. Mm. In my mind, that was enough. It'd be interesting. So, yeah, I phoned up the... Um, no, I didn't phone them up. I did it on, online. And it was at a local car park. So, you know, went to the car park. You have to self-administer the test there. Um, push it out through the... Uh, electric window you know um it's proper it's proper like 2021 wartime yeah, isn't it yeah, you, yeah. you're in a you're in a community center it, exactly, you're in a car yeah, park yeah. it's uh, it is a proper apocalyptic um sit yeah. setups like being but on the for film. 2021 yeah definitely and um so then the next day uh i got texted uh the result that I was positive but even that the following day uh the line on the lft was now fairly strong were you worse this, this following day than you were the In first? In terms of symptoms. Yeah. 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 Okay. And actually, the LFT then tracked pretty linearly against how strong that line was with how many, how strong my symptoms were. So so we're advised at work that if we've been positive and we've had a, et cetera, that we um, are not to bother doing the LFT because you're still going to show us positive. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to see when, at what point you would stop showing positive. And also, uh, I, yeah, that's basically why I did it. And You've really had your money out of these LFT exactly, kits, haven't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. But also, I just found it interesting that the strength of, I mean, the line on Monday was like a really strong uh, felt tip red line across it. Do you know what I mean? It's really bold. Mm. And then from there, it just faded. And then I think on the Thursday or Friday, it was clear again. You know, so it Why? faded and then it was clear. Surely the tests can't correlate to strength of virus. It was, yeah. Viral load. I mean, there was uh, the the nature of, I think, catching what I assume was Delta, having been double vaccinated. Obviously, the symptoms were not anything to worry about. You know, I was very lucky from that point of view. Um, but I had a, a runny nose, slight cough, um, slight fuzziness of thought um during that period and then towards the end i lost my uh sense of taste and smell uh for a couple of days although luckily thankfully that did come back and i think it's pretty much all back all normal now uh and in fact this is the 10th day of my isolation so very soon i will be allowed out into the real world again um but yeah i thought that those lft tests as a piece of technology were pretty impressive and as I say, they mapped this disease in my case almost exactly. But the one caveat that I'll put is that I do fancy myself as a professional administrator of 
the swab, <laughs> which I think is key. And also the, the developing, the twizzle of the swab in the mixture, I think is key. So we still don't know that if you're slapdash with these LFTs... No, it's we're- true. Oh, you could have really taken it to another level. That would have been and that would have been the experiment to do, rather than my um, just testing to see when I was um, negative again. Oh, yeah. so, so we'll we'll never know whether it purely technique. You, yeah. you could be a caveat, but you would never know because, I, like I said, I, I've you know kids and things like that. We've had every single cold this year, and it just seems to cycle back round. There's been coughs galore. Been in, I, even I've been pretty. You know, I'm quite healthy i like to think you know with fitness and running and all of that sort of job and it's put me right in my place but again nothing's ever flagged up on any of the tests or anything like that so it, it's crazy there is, it, is, it is a little bit i have to admit it is a little bit of a interesting question because i hear a lot of people describe the exact same symptoms that i've got and they're saying oh it's negative but i think the, the one twist for me that put it different to um uh, a cold or something was the was the losing of the taste and smell because I've never yeah. had that with a cold before. Apart from that, nothing that I had would have risen suspicion three years ago. It's a very odd. It's a very odd symptom as well, isn't it? It's almost. Do we know of anything else that's associated with loss of loss of smell and loss of taste well, like that? It, I suppose it if you've seems... got a really bad cold and you're really bunged up, you, it's going to be a physical thing, isn't it? You're physically not going to be able to sort of get the air through the nose. Yeah, <clears> I've <throat> never known of anything where you would lose your taste, though. That's the thing. Mm. But to test it, I think I, I sort of um, messaged you in the channel that I had uh, uh, tinned fish and uh, on toast, and normally that sort of stinks the whole kitchen out and... You can really taste it, but I literally couldn't smell or taste a single thing. It was just like eating some uh, tofu or something. So now that you've uh, you've had it, you're recovering, etc., etc. Does that make you any less likely to catch it again, or can you catch it? Where, where are we at with that? Because it moves from day to day. It I'm does. Sure. I think they're basically saying that you've got a good length of you've got a decent. If you're double jabbed and you've had a natural infection, you've got a decent level of protection. But that was with all the variants up to now. So. Uh, with the new Omicron variant, I think that what they're saying is that loss of taste and smell isn't actually one of the top symptoms. Um, but also, it, it you know they're warning that it evades previous levels of um, vaccination and um, previous infections. So I I worry that I could walk out of the door tomorrow morning and uh, catch it. You know, but you're fit. You're relatively young. Well, yeah, Man. as long as I so, as long as I only get it to the level that I had it had this, which, as I say, was I'm assuming was Delta, then I'll be fine. But um, yeah, it's, it's it, you know it's, it would be it would just be an inconvenience at that level. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You just don't want to do it. But of course, you know, as we all know, it's the danger of passing it on to somebody who's more um, in, at risk than that. So yeah, I thought I'd, yeah, well, I thought I'd touch on a couple of the other aspects of it because um, I've not been housebound for 10 days continuously before so i tried a couple of things first thing i wanted to do was obviously that uh, when i got the result in um i couldn't go shopping so the, the first thing that i needed to do was get some emergency lem sips and i used uh, amazon fresh for that and they deliver the same day and you, you can get some bits you can get some food and stuff like that um 
So you haven't been working from home, James? Because if you worked for me and you seem relatively capable, um, I, I'd maybe suggest you open your work laptop and deal with some of the emails that are coming your way. Well, am I not even allowed to sort of browse Amazon to get some Lemsip? Mm, well, convalescing period, maybe after 24 hours. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, that's a side note. Um, the other thing was I'd had my first food delivery, which I guess is old news now, but um, that was quite interesting. Um, and that I was very happy with that. The only thing I was a bit unhappy with is um, they just sort of turn up with a crate and you have to sort of fish it out on the doorstep piece by so, piece. So, so what are they delivering these in? Because we've suddenly got... So I get same-day Amazon in my area and I've noticed over the last probably two months that we've had an influx of Amazon Prime vans. So there's Ford Transit, there's grey ones. Um, so they're everywhere now. So some hub must have opened nearby... I can get things pretty much by 10 o'clock most days now. What are they using? Are they using those Amazon vans to deliver your fresh goods or is it? I didn't see actually. I think it probably must be, um, but they do brand it as a very separate network. So maybe it is completely different. You would think they would have something like, you know, the Tesco's or uh, Morrison's or those vehicles, you know, with the chilled. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would think it must be actually because, and also I'd imagine it is a separate network because even when I do get a same day and I'm buying a USB drive or something, you can tell that that has come from the other other end of the country because it will go through one of the big hubs to get to me, which is in Thiel, which is a little way away from Reading. Um, Whereas because they're delivering fresh food within a couple of hours, it must be closer i would imagine in terms of the where the distribution point is i've, I've noticed that a lot of these same day ones that i order so i'll order like uh, just like you a thumb drive for like seven pound that comes the same day but it sort of it's like someone's gone in their car to pick it up from the amazon depot <laughs> yeah. and bring it to me yeah yeah it's very odd isn't it? it is a bit weird <laughs> yeah um so yeah so i was quite happy with those um delivery services uh the other thing that i did was um when it was Black Friday, uh, mm-hmm. maybe we'll touch on Black Friday, but Virgin Media were having a deal on their broadband. And I had a look at the price that they were doing their 500 meg uh, broadband for. And it was like 20 quid less than what I'm paying at the moment for my 300. So I thought, well, actually, I'll, I know it's a bit of a pain, but I'll phone up uh, their retentions. And I know it's only going to be a new customer offer, but I thought, well, I'll give it a go. And they needed no persuasion at all. You know, obviously you have to re-sign an 18-month contract. Um, yeah. But they said, yeah, we'll do that. No problem. So they did it, right? And I thought, okay, well, now they're going to have to send me a new modem and it's going to be loads of, it's going to be a complete pain. And uh, the guy said, you know, give it 24 hours or whatever and it should sort it. And literally, <clears throat> I hung up, didn't think anything about, didn't think anything of it. And I noticed that my Wi-Fi uh, connectivity went down for probably 60 seconds and i thought well that can't be it can it and it came back up again and it was upgraded uh i did a speed test 500 megabits and i'm thinking when have you ever had any interaction with virgin media and it be a successful and b quick so so now you have your 200 megabits extra has your life changed no are you more productive it makes no difference because the upload speed is still the same it's still 36 or something like that um so the fact that if if you're on something particularly fast that can download at that speed, great. Most stuff can't, apart from speedtest.net. Yeah, we all do that. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, it makes absolutely zero difference. But it's cheaper, and maybe once a year there will be a scenario where that helps. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was quite interesting. 
So I do that with Vodafone quite regularly. If I spot that they do like a free Apple TV 4K or anything like that, and I'm I'm on Vodafone, and I'll just ring them up and say, oh, I'm an existing customer. However, I want to re-sign with you. And I think they're quite flexible. I think if you like, I've been like four or five months out, and they've been more than happy to just retain me and keep me for another 18 months and send me an Apple TV um, at no extra cost. So I'm actually due in february so i'm I'm, look, I'm scouting around to see what freebie they can give me mm. so while we're on the subject of freebies with phones mm-hmm. obviously the pixel 6 came out it did and it did. this was rumored to be the savior of uh, google's phone line uh which is what they say every year i think and it's going to be a premium phone it's going to be absolutely wonderful it's going to do nothing wrong and we both got one yeah, we have different views on this as well, I think, and we haven't chatted about it. <laughs> okay, well, you might, I might have given away my view in terms of the tone <laughs> that I was taking there, um, but I'm coming from being an absolutely immense fan of the Pixel 5. So yeah. the thing that I love about the Pixel 5 is the size, the weight, um, the speed when you're sort of moving about the uh, UI. I know in theory the um, silicon is better on the uh, Pixel 6, but to be honest... It's, it's not that much better, if if at all, um, and can sometimes um, stutter when it's uh, put into awkward situations. So, um, yeah, I'm finding the Pixel 6 the opposite of all the things that are good with the Pixel 5. So it's kind of heavy. Um, I, I don't want to put a case on it because it's already fairly big. And this is the Pixel 6 normal. This isn't in the Pixel 6 Pro. Yeah. Um, I, I really hate the design. And... I've always hated the design, even when the sort of rumours came out and um, the leaks came out. I thought, well, that looks ugly as sin. Um, and when when I've actually had it in person, it's just as ugly. The mantelpiece on the back is horrific. It's just so gross. It kind of promises to look kind of um, art deco in style, but it just doesn't work, in my opinion. I mean, I'm just sat here trying to figure out where I should stop you from, you know, making a fool of yourself. But we'll, we'll just carry on. We'll just roll into it. Okay. It's fine. Well, I could move. <laughs> okay. The things that I, other things that I think are bad. Android 12 is bad. I, I yeah, I semi agree with you there. I mean, they, they've got rid of the um, effect that you have when you scroll to the top and the bottom of a list, uh, where you have that little bang effect. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. For for me, there's too much space taken up by notifications in the drop down on on the iPhone. It's called the notification shade. You pull it down, etc. I think that they with this whole new bubble format, it just takes away too much space for the for the notifications that that come Agreed, through. Yeah, it, it could be smaller. The notification smaller. shade now is a complete and utter mess. It's horrible, isn't it? And yeah. also, I hate the fact that um, Material U, which is the new design paradigm. Makes everything look pink yeah. and, and, and warm and horrible. It's, yeah. it's completely off-putting. So everything, nothing is uh, like white and black anymore. Everything's yeah. got to be a pastel shade of um, you, you, blue it or takes pink. You, what were the old Nexuses where everyone was like, "Oh, my, is my screen crap?" I look on, I, you know, I look at it off-axis and it, it's yellow. That's how I feel about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, about that UI, the fact that, oh, I've got a duff screen here yeah. that it's all yellow and it must be the glue behind it causing some sort of reaction. Oh, no, wait there. They're just tinting everything. Yeah. And I remember, uh, I believe it was LG's skin. Oh, no, was it LG or was it one of like Xiaomi's early ones where when you reach the end of a list, it stretches the content. Yeah. 
Mm, I really hate that. Do you know the effect I mean? When you reach the end of a list, you pull up and it just sort of stretches all the like content. a rubber, like the rubber banding, like the rubber banding on the um, iPhone. But I, I really, I understand that that's a patented Apple, um, whatever you want to call it, thing. But <laughs> the other things, the other ways that they've ripped it off up to now have been much nicer. I think. So before we destroy Android Twelve too much, I just want to set you straight on the uh, you know the design and, and the way they've gone. I I love I, Apple, don't I? I love the iPhone. That's what I'm most comfortable with. That's what I'll always go back with. And for me, that Pixel Six, I, I love it. I love it. It 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 quite well replicates the square boxy feel of the 13 and the 12 for me. The fact that it, it is like a square. Um, I've never had a Pixel Five. I've had a 4A. I've had a 4A 5G. I've had a four. I've had a 3A. And I always thought that all the bezels and everything were all slightly over oversized and you, you weren't getting much screen compared to the ratio. But for me, that Pixel 6, you know, the amount of screen that you got compared to the bezel, you know, I love the boxy design as well. I, I really liked the hardware. For me, I, I liked it. It most represented what I like about the iPhone. From the front... Um, I'll, I'll give it to you. It's nice. Well, it's nice. Well, I'm not looking at it. There's no screen on the back. How would I, you know? From the, yeah, but so obviously you've got that ugly mantelpiece on the back, which is what I commented yeah. on earlier. So from the front... It's, it, the, it's here and there. The one thing that I do like about the the, the, the screen, in fact, the screen is fine. Um, it has, the screen is nice. It has nice, tight curves in the corners of the screen yeah yeah so none of your like really curved corners which i really hate then yep, no big bezels they're nice and tight the bezels are there um they're i would say they're they're approaching unacceptability but they're they're fine as leon would say you need a bezel you know you need a bezel to be able to use the device properly so you don't have oh, gesture agree i'd much rather have a small bezel than um like a, a waterfall display going off the sides. I completely agree with that. So the bezel for me is perfect. <laughs> the screen clarity itself is fine. It's it's a very yeah. it's a screen that you can look at for long periods of time. It's not oversaturated. It's not too bright. Um, it's very nicely adjusted. It's not a particularly high um, fidelity panel. It's not a it's not a Samsung screen. It's not an iPhone screen. No, there's a noticeable difference going back to the iPhone yeah. versus versus that screen. But it's yeah, but it's of. a nice solid screen. They've not tried to compensate for how solid it is by whacking up the colours or anything like that. It's it's a nice sensible screen. Yeah. So you're talking sense already, James. You know, you're coming around to my way but of thinking. But it's unnecessarily heavy and ugly. So I use an iPhone 13 Pro Max. That is very heavy. You, you know, if I dropped that, I could potentially kill someone yeah. if they were below me. Yeah. So I, I'm used to the heft. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I just Maybe you're coming from the wrong device. I'm just, I was just disappointed in the context of the Pixel 5 being such a fantastic phone that I still use every day. Yeah. And this big promise that this was going to be Google's saviour, this was going to be as popular as, or the most popular uh, Pixel that... Um, google's ever produced and it was going to save their phone uh, department and it was going to be the best thing since sliced bread i've been so, very so underwhelmed you, overall you all went into it thinking that i went into it as i was never going to get one and i got one and i went into it with totally an open mind that i you know you you to listen to the back channel you think that it was the second coming or something like that um before before it arrived yes before it there arrived, was a lot yeah. of hype going on before it arrived there was, um, 
you know, Gavin had almost you know jumped from Apple to Google even before it had come. Um, I don't know. I I I didn't have any expectations from it. Like I said, I I've not had a Pixel Five. I've you know I've had a four A and a four A five G. To be honest, if you've end. had a four A, you've had a five from a, a form factor point of view. They're very yeah. very similar form factors. I liked the heft coming from it. I I do. I I, I like a a heavier phone. I, I I as I said, I've not been a Pro Max user for many years, and I've come back to it with the thirteen and. I'm getting on with it really, really nicely because it is my main computing device. Um, and, and so the bigger screen is better. And the, the weight of the Pixel 6 by no means puts me off whatsoever. It, it feels nice. It feels sturdy. It, it's nice to hold. I, I don't think there's a hardware issue. I think, you know, the fingerprint sensor is, is, is terrible. <laughs> um. Yeah, and 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 Android twelve is not where you know, but I, I'm iOS biased, yeah. so I can't really comment on that. It's interesting. Um, I'm not someone to postpone software updates, but I've just been continuously refusing Android twelve on my Pixel five. It's just, I mean, I'm sort of slowly coming to terms with it on the Pixel six, but I think um, Android eleven is much nicer. So I, I use the beta on the four A five. G and 4A, and, and I don't remember it being as bad as it is on the Pixel 6. I, you know, I, I put it on and I thought, do you know what? I really like this. It's actually really usable. And, but I don't know whether the screen resolution was slightly different or whatever. But when I, now that I'm on the Pixel 6 with it, everything's just massively blown up on the notification shade. Mm. And it's just a lot of wasted space. Why do I need a huge bubble around something? I don't. Mm. It, yeah. So, I'd like the notification shade off iOS. iOS. See, look at me. Um, Android eleven. Um, I don't know. You've lost me. Yeah, you've lost me. I, I, I. It's it's good. It's good enough, but it's not what I would prefer. Yeah. So uh, I'm currently holding on to it, but I think that I'm going to have to move it on to be honest I, think- I don't know how I'd feel if I got the 6 Pro though I think I might even feel a bit more sort of aggrieved well, God, I guess because it's a bit more expensive isn't it yeah I don't think it'd be worth more no, I, the thing is you would get a, a a snazzier screen albeit with waterfall and you'd have that periscope which you know I, I kind of would like a Google Pixel with a good telephoto uh, zoom on it you know that sounds like fun but um this Pixel 6 is big enough. You know, I don't want anything much bigger. I briefly had a Pixel 4. Me and Mark today, I, um, I, he he sent me the Pixel 4. Well, I purchased the Pixel 4, and then within like five, four days, I sold it back to him. And uh, that's the first, well, only Android phone I've had with sort of face unlock, face ID. And that was amazing. It was brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. I don't know why they didn't haven't done that well, with anything it's else. like with everything with Pixel they keep changing stuff year to year and they don't have any common sort of uh, like family uh, style that sort of runs from start to finish. They keep changing the styling um, and they've changed it now, I think, for the worse. And I suppose you should, they, you know, ideally they, they stay the same and they try and establish, you know, a design language for their devices. Um, I totally wish that they'd have stuck with the Pixel 5 4a 4a 5g 5a styling i, I think that would be nice <laughs> i love the way you like reel off like 10 different well, variants of because the they all shared the same design and i think it's a it's a good yeah. design you know i think that that kind of um 
it's metal, but don't be ostentatious. You know, wrap it in uh, um, some thick paint, you know, set the uh, chi charger in the back, presumably in like in a little hole for it. I just think it's a an amazing design. I just think that the Pixel 5 is so nice. Mm. It, again, I, I've never, never had one. So I, I always thought it was slightly overpriced for what it is, even like secondhand. It still seems to go for quite strong money. I think that I noticed uh, the other day that the 4As and the 5s are, uh, they're all sold out now in terms of uh, new ones. So, um, yeah, the second-hand market is um, going up. Str- yeah, strong. Yeah. Very strong. Uh, okay, so let's uh, draw a line under that then, uh, Dave, and we'll uh, speak soon, no doubt. Well, I we definitely, I mean, you're not going to hold me to task over this, James, but, you know, we'll, we'll be there. We'll be there. Yeah. ASAP. Okay, well, great great talking to you. Good to chat, Dave. Speak soon. See you in a bit. Bye.